Hey, bitches. I'm Jono. And I'm Dominic. And this, this is Jabber. Jabber. Hey, Dominic. Guess what? Good morning. What? We're going to be talking about paranormal activity today. We are, and we have a very special guest with us today, Adam Barry. Yes, I'm travel so channel. excited. Yeah, me too. So um, I've always wanted to know things about, you know, those shows. Are they, you know, scripted? Are they real? You know, how much of that is actually them catching a ghost on camera, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptic when it comes to those television shows only mm-hmm. because I know a lot of them are just there for the entertainment and something has to happen in every episode. Right. But, but I'm we're going to figure it out. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, you know, like talking to Adam, we're going to be breaking down all those myths and like what actually really happens on set. And cause I've been on a few yeah. of those actual sets and really a lot of them are just movies. Have you ever seen a ghost? Have I ever seen a ghost? Um, I, I, I will say that I've seen things. Really? Yeah. I've never seen I've never seen anything. Before. Awesome. Well, are you ready to talk to Adam Barry? I am. Let's do it. So let's bring him in. Hi, Adam. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Good. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Excellent. Haunted, really. Haunt, truly. I love it. So, Adam, um, you are a paranormal investigator. So what... Yes. What is paranormal? What is it? Uh, paranormal is anything that isn't quote unquote normal. And I say that uh, in the literal sense. So anything you experience that kind of catches you off guard, that might seem a little out of place, that would be paranormal. It doesn't necessarily have to be ghosts. It can be, um, you know, pretty much anything. Same, same for supernatural. It's, it's above the natural elements of what you think is reality. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think I'm paranormal? Because as a kid, I was always told I was really abnormal. Um, well, so was I, but I, <laughs> I think that's a whole different thing. That's a, <laughs> that's a cultural, I think that's a cultural thing where people just can't handle their own feelings. I think um, um, we're all a little bit uh, not normal in our own right. But in terms of paranormal, it deals with uh, supernatural elements, ghosts, uh, things you can't explain, things that defy logic, explanation, science. Um, it's pretty cool to to investigate, that's for sure. But Adam, I, I mean, I've never seen any of these things happen. Um, so I'm like the skeptic. Jono's seen things. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just can't even imagine that experience. I mean, know? you're... Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I am more of a skeptic than I am a believer, and I have to be because people send me things all the time, and they're like, "Hey, this is a ghost," and I have to look at all the logical things that something could be before I can possibly say that it is mm-hmm. a ghost. So I agree with you. I think you know, being a skeptic is where you should be, um, and if you were to ever experience anything spiritual, uh, spiritual or paranormal, uh, you you're going to know it. It's it's something that you just can't quite explain and you'll you'll be like, Oh yeah, that's what that is. And it's okay. If you have it. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that tend to have an experience and immediately explain it away at all times. And it's harder for those people to have. Can you have, can you have an experience and not know about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, no, this is so funny because I lived in New York for a long, long time. And people are always like, well, are there ghosts? Like, how do we know if we've seen a ghost? Like, how do you know you haven't seen a ghost on the subway? You know how many times you've been on the subway and saw that crazy person or that person that looks like they're dressed in all 70s and you're like, yes, queen, yes. No, no, no. Did anybody talk to them? Were they talking to anybody else? Like, were they talking to themselves? Like, how do you know that person wasn't a ghost? Because I've seen apparitions that look like humans. Like, I've talked to somebody... And then I turn around and say, hey, who is that person? And they go, nobody else is here but what? you and me. Yeah. So how do you know you haven't already had a paranormal experience? That's, that's the mind. That's the mind. Yeah. Wow. What about um, like demonic forces? Have you ever experienced anything like that? Uh, I, it's a sensitive subject. I would say I have 
but not in the sense of like the exorcist, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I believe it exists. I mean, if good exists, evil exists. Like it has to, mm-hmm. I think the idea that anyone who doesn't look for ghosts having a demonic experience is going to be slim to none because there, there are things that have to occur for demon, you know, for demon possession and all that kind of stuff, which is another episode. Um, (laughs) But I think you guys are fine. Like you're not going to experience anything, but I have in a way. um, And it's, it's extremely odd. And during those moments that you experience something like that, you immediately reach for some sort of religious uh, shield I'm going to say that or something that protects you in a way, Mm -hmm. whether it's your own religion or just something you believe in, because those kind of experiences are terrifying and a little bit out of place and not something that you want to search for. Like nothing. I don't want anything. Like what? Like what happens? I can't, I can't really talk. What's weird is I can't talk about what happened to us because I was with, um, people that were involved with the church. So I can't speak on it. But what I will say, it is something undeniable. Other people experience it in the same way. It's physically oppressive. It is uh, fascinating. And when it was expelled, when it it was gotten rid of, it's undeniable that what they were doing to make that happen actually made that happen. And that's all I can say. Um, but I've never, like, you're never going to walk into somebody's house and, and be like, oh, there's a demon here. Like, the chances of you encountering a demon is, is slim to none. I mean, we always say if you're a jerk in real life, what's to say you're not a jerk when you're dead? Mm-hmm. So you could just be a jerk and be a punk to everybody when you're alive and be the Grinch. And then you die and you're still the Grinch. I mean, that's the whole concept of, uh, you know, uh, a Christmas carol. You know, it was like, you're going to die. And when you die you're going to be a jerk <laughs> like uh, okay what about so, like this moment like where i had like i felt like okay am i crazy am i not crazy um my mom and i were doing renovations to the house and yeah. we went to a hotel and um on on the on this hotel that there was like saying like there's like a lot of noise there's a lot of like people say that there's activity in this place and so i was just like oh whatever you know like it's it's not gonna you know, like it doesn't, that doesn't phase it. I don't get scared easily like that. And it was like six o'clock in the morning or something like that. And I felt like there was like, like I, I saw it. And at first it, it was just like pressure on my chest. And then I felt, you know, like, like it was someone's like little ass was like on my chest. And <laughs> I, I, <laughs> that happens to me oh, a lot, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, isn't that though a real thing? <laughs> Oh, but it was my mom was in the room too, so like it's not gonna happen like that. Voyeuristic girl, voyeuristic. <laughs> and then like I, I I opened my eyes and I would I would see like this like kind of like it was dark in the room still because we had the blinds closed and I saw like this like shadowy like figure with like skinny legs and like and like hands like on my head and like looking back at me and I'm like trying to like kick off and trying to push mm-hmm. this thing off, but it was like sitting on top of me. And yeah. The me kicking my legs up in the air, it woke my mother up, and she was just like, "What's wrong with you?" I I couldn't voice anything. Like this thing was like put pinning me down, and then once I finally like was able to break it, it crawled like from the bed, like it just like started crawling down, like like on a cat, like crawls down like off the bed behind the couch. And my mom goes, "What the fuck was that?" And so then, like, I was like, okay, I know I'm not fucking crazy because you, you saw that shit. I mean, you, you are kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, are you sure it wasn't the cat? We were in a hotel room. Oh, you were in that. <laughs> was, it, was it a cat a cat that lives at the hotel, though? Like, you know, did they have a cat at the hotel? No. A giant well, rat. Was it a Motel 6? diagnose this? What? What is that according to what he's saying? Okay. So there are a few things that stick out to me that make sense. Something that is darker than the dark. You could see it. It was pitch black in the room. You could actually make it out in front of you. That is something that happens when you encounter a shadow figure. Sometimes they are darker than the dark. Um, The fact that your mother saw it uh, is 
interesting. I mean, she did wake up from a sleep as well. So did you. I'll get to that in a second. But like the fact that she saw something leave and go away, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. There is something that is called, um, they're very rare, but it's, it's like a succubus or an incubus. And a succubus is uh, basically something that has sex with you. It's like a ghost that- Really? It's a weird, people, when they say they counter these these entities that they are aroused, sometimes- That doesn't sound too bad, actually. Well, you know, there have been ghost hunters, famous ones, that have actually uh, tried in investigations to have these things have sex with them. To no avail, I mean, didn't happen. Cause I think it's on their terms <laughs> pretty much. So Wait, they're demons, you, know, they're like, you said? They're, say it again. They're demons? Uh, I, they're, I think they're categorized as such, uh, but I think a lot of them swipe, uh, swipe left a lot. Uh, they, you know, they, they're very choosy. Um, <gasps> so what I would say- They're picky. Oh, so they're gay then. That, well, d- well, no, you probably, I would assume, I've not heard of like an, incub- like an incubus. So, so succubus and incubus are male and female. Um, and I've not heard of a male entity on another male. It's usually the opposite, it's women. Uh, but I, I, I'm gonna counter all of the things that you said. So the things that are interesting, your mother saw it, uh, it's darker than the dark. But the things that I can counter with that to explain it is you woke up out of a sleep, you felt pressure on your chest, um, you couldn't move at a point. That is sleep paralysis. Sleep hallucination can accompany sleep paralysis, which is um, you see something, you wake up, you think you are absolutely awake a thousand percent, and you see it in front of you, and it's real, and it's un- it's there, but really you're dreaming it. It doesn't exist. Um, but how would your mother see it? You know, like how would your mother see it unless your mother was also sleep hallucinating? And the chances of that, unless it's hereditary, is extremely rare. Like I'd, I've never heard of an incident, incident like that happening. So while I think your, I, I think what you experience is real and tangible to you and to yourself, there still needs to be more information, I guess, about, and you can't recreate it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, has it ever happened again? Um, in this new house, but it was, it wasn't that long and it was, the lights were on in the house, like the, the blinds were open and it's like, it was like bright. So I couldn't, I couldn't see anything, but it yeah, was like, would you, okay. So you couldn't see anything, but you've had the same experience, the thing on your chest. Yeah. yeah that's sleep paralysis. That's for sure. Sleep paralysis. Um, I don't know. I would say that if you continued to have these things happen, I would get a sleep study done. Mm-hmm. Just because being a skeptic, you want to rule out any any possibility of it being something that can be um, taken care of, you know, any possibility of any of that. And I think uh, uh, once you rule that out, you're fine. I mean, if it hasn't happened in a long time, I would just, you know, take the story and meditate on it and have it as this experience. But if it continues to happen, you should get it looked at medically. Mm-hmm. And then if they're like, you're fine, nothing's wrong with you, then you're like, oh, great, I'm haunted. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I have something. I don't know if this is, you know, spirit or something, but um, my grandfather died in like 2018, but I didn't have any communication with him or the family at that point. And um, I had a dream like maybe shortly after he died where we, he was, we were in his, the car he had when I was growing up and he was driving. We were both crying with each other. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm sorry that it happened this way, all these things. And I was like, is that like him coming to me in a dream? Or is that just because of that time period I was grieving and it was just on my mind and in my subconscious and my conscious. Yeah. Like what what is that? I think, I think um, there are a lot of people that have car dreams of people that have passed on. And I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, we don't know everything. Like, we're not. Wait, what really is know it? Why, what is a card? Why? Why? I, I mean, the thing is, like, so everything that we do is theory. So we theory theoretically, we're saying this is what we think is happening, mm-hmm. right? Because we've seen it, we've experienced it, we've seen it multiple times or whatever. But 
no one truly actually knows anything until you're dead. And that's, and people, you know, even if people uh, die and come back to life, like if they have near death experiences, they experience things that really they can't explain. So truthfully, we're not going to know anything until we're all, until we cross over. However, there have been a lot of people that have had dreams about their loved ones in cars and they make amends or they have a conversation with them. Yeah, that's what happened. And I don't know. I'd love for it to be real. I'd love for it to be a a, a visitation from a loved one who needs to make amends for things that they did in their life so that they can cross over. Like that's a whole other theory where people are sort of in this purgatory. They go heaven, hell, and then there's like the unfinished business realm where some people feel that you have to like make amends and do things in order for you to cross on because you didn't do those in your own life. And maybe, maybe that was one of those experiences. I'd like to think that, uh, I mean, how did you feel about the whole experience? I mean, did you wake up feeling that you had this moment, like this real tangible moment with this person? Well, I think at the time, because I hadn't seen him for years, and I don't talk to the rest of the family, so but I did care about him a lot. And uh, when he died, um, nobody had told me, and so I was more angry, and I yeah. didn't really, you know, have a grieving process. But then when I had that dream, that allowed me to make it about him and not the issues with the family. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think it's whatever you get from it. And I think, and who are we to say that it isn't? If it's something that happened to you that was healing and that was yeah, yeah, I think so. changing, then then yes, then yes, it is it's exactly what it was. Whether it was a real visitation or something that your, um, you know, your physical emotions and and psyche created out of this dream state mm-hmm. uh, to heal your to heal whatever that riff was if it was just for you i mean that's that's totally fine too i mean people have a lot of dreams about those that have passed on like i've had dreams about my grandmother where she i asked what she did all day and she's mm-hmm. like she says i make deliveries and i was like what she goes i make deliveries and i was like oh okay and i just kind of like knew that and what's weird is my husband's uh grandmother when when she passed my mother-in-law had a dream and uh she said uh, his grandmother said that she makes the weather. And I was like, well, that's interesting because I had never told her that story. And it's like, do you get like, it'd be cool. Like, do you get a job? Like deliveries, like what kind of deliveries? Like, it's, is it packages? I, are you working for Santa? What's happening? Um, you know, are you creating the weather? Like what, what's the situation? And I mean, I've had dreams like that, but I found comfort in, you know, having my grandmother in dreams and she's come back a couple of other times, but that, that one time was, you know, real and it was intense. And then, you know, I've had friends that, uh, I mean, crazy stories where, you know, a friend would die suddenly and my friend had a dream. He came to the dream. He says, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to tell you to do something, but it's not time yet. So she was like, that's weird. She had another dream. And he was like, I'm almost ready to tell you what I need to tell you. The second dream. She was like, okay, then months later, third time, he comes back and he's like, hey, listen, I need you to do something for me. I need you to call my mother and my sister and tell them this. She didn't tell me what that was. Tell them this. And that will let them know that I'm actually talking to you. So she calls them up. The mother, she told the mother, the mother hung up on her. She told the sister. The sister was like, how do you know that? No one knows that. Like, no one knows that. How do you know that? And she goes, she came to me in a dream. I don't know anything about it. I'm just mm-hmm. relaying the message. <laughs> months later he comes back to her and he says thank you very much for doing what you did i'm i'm no, i'm no longer you won't see me again i'm ready to go wow. thank you for your help and then she's never she has never dreamed about him ever again so what is that what is that like are I we know. i mean are we all so connected by what we're made up of in this universe because science will tell you matter Energy is never destroyed nor created. We are all made up of the same thing. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Like how connected are we truthfully, energetically uh, for something like that to happen? It's, it's fascinating and it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I do this. <laughs> My grandmother yeah. um, would come to me in dreams and it was, 
it was like um it was like it was after when she died and then when like a few weeks into it like I I would see her and she would always look very lost and like very confused and very you know like not like I'm trying to reach out to her and talk to her but she you know she ends up going somewhere else and she had dementia Mm -hmm. and so like when she died and when I, I she came up to me and she was like where the fuck am I at well, I, I was, I felt like I needed to tell her that she was dead. And I was like, I was like, well, grandma, you're, you're dead. And it's okay. Like, we're all safe. We're all good. And she goes, but how's, how's your mother? How's, how's the family? I was like, everyone's good. Everyone's taking care of themselves. Everyone's, everyone's doing it. She was like, okay. So does that mean that I have to go now? And I was like, well, yeah, like, this is time for you to rest. And I w- I felt like I needed to, to just tell her that because mm-hmm. she looked lost and she looked confused. And so I was very close to her. So that's why I guess why maybe I had to be the one to talk to her like that. Yeah. But, I, but um, yeah, I, like, how, like how you said, um, um, my family is very spiritual and they, they look for family members and dreams and, and to connect with, with everyone. And they said that nobody in the family can connect with grandma. And so they said like that could, that could possibly be it where that she moved on. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, they we've encountered a lot of spirits who don't know they've passed away. There was a case in um on Cape Cod that we did uh where this we found out well this this spirit of this woman kept running into the bedroom saying help me help me and then she would disappear. Mm-hmm. And we figured out that there was a train accident about 3 miles from where the house came from and the woman one of the ladies who the only lady really who died in that train accident was related to the family who owned uh, the house next door to this one. And this house has not changed in 400 years. And so we started having a conversation with this woman, Wilhelmina Crocker, who died in this train accident. And we pulled out her death certificate and we laid it on the table. And we said, you know, this is your death certificate, you're dead. And we got an EVP, which is stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. It's where you ask questions, record your questions, you leave pauses to get answers. And when you play it back, sometimes you hear answers. And we played it back. And when we said, hey, this is your death certificate, she was like, oh. She says, oh. And then I, we were like, you can go now. You don't have to be, you don't have to be here anymore. And she, and she says, I'm going home. Wow. And they gone like gone so it's like you know traumatic events someone with dementia who passes away maybe they don't realize what's happening to them because they're in that state of confusion um you know it's it's interesting that you had a connection with her and she's the one that talked to you and then no one else could contact her that's that's cool that that is more interesting to me than the other story you told because mm-hmm. that I've seen many times, and the other story you can explain it away a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that story I would hold on to stronger than I would, you know, a ghost trying to give you the one, two, <laughs> three, four. So hey, I wanted to ask if Jono has nothing, uh, you know, left to say about any more stories, but. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna to, shut up. <laughs> shut up, you. I, uh, I wanted to ask about you have a show, right? Yes. Um, I I watched some of those shows, um, and I just want to know, right from the horse's mouth, like how how real are they? I mean, it just to me as the skeptic and watching, I know that sometimes it's it falls under reality TV, so. Mm. I feel like some of that stuff is scripted um, and it's just interesting that every time there's an episode, there's like an interesting story that happens. It's like, what happens if there's nothing that happens? You know what I mean? Yeah, I so totally how does that work? So I can speak for our show. Our show is Kindred Spirits. It was on the, it's on the travel channel. Yeah. Um, we have a new season actually just announced coming out starting January 2nd uh, at 10 PM Saturday. Congrats on that. Thank you. Season five. Um, 
I so I can speak for our show. I'm I'm on the show. Amy and I um, investigate together. We've been investigating the paranormal together for ten years. We're like the modern day Mulder and Scully, uh, <laughs> Ed and Lorraine Warren. You you know, and um, yeah. we we are also executive producers. <clears throat> so everything about the show is controlled by us. Um, we mm-hmm. do not. There is zero script. We are not, everything that you see is exactly what's happening at the time. We walk in, they tell us what's happening. Usually the stakes are very, very high for, if it's a family, we're normally their last resort. They've already had priests come in. They've already had other people bless the house. We've even had families that use shamans and still the activity is rampant. Um, And the reason why on our show, there's always something that happens is because we get thousands of requests for cases all the time. Mm -hmm. So we have the, I guess, task to go through and find out what is, what's the case that has the most urgency. And a lot Mm. of people don't get to do that. Like if you have your own team and you want to investigate something, you're usually asking to investigate something. But most of the time, um, uh, you know, you're not going to find what, crazy activity because you're going and you're just looking for ghosts. Our families and our locations are at their wits end. So activity is rampant. Now there have been times when we're there, you know, on day four and we still have no idea why the activity is happening. And we've always said, you know, maybe this is the episode that we say, we say, we don't know. We don't know. And we have had cases where we're like, we don't know who this person is, but we think this is why they're doing what they're doing. But we've had to leave being like, I don't know who that is. They're not giving us any identifiable information. So we've had cases like that. And I think that's what makes our show a lot different than other shows. And again, I can't say how other shows are run. Mm-hmm. But from start to finish on our our show and, and on Kindred Spirits, it is what it is. You, you get uh, the activity we get is there. And yes, you know, there are times we sit in the dark for hours and they're not going to show that. Right. They're going right. to show you in 45 minutes the best moments of our five days mm-hmm. that we are, you know, at someone's house or at, in an asylum. They're not right. going to show you the, you know, two hours of us is sitting in the dark being like, uh, OK, what's happening? Um, and I think uh, I consider our show. Yes, it's reality, but I, I consider it more of a reality documentary. We try to tell you exactly why we think what we're thinking and how we got to X, Y, and Z as plainly as possible in the 45 minutes that we're allotted. But sometimes I feel like, not not your show specifically, but um, I guess other shows I've seen, I always feel like, you know, they, sh- they show up, everything happens, and then there's always like a resolution at the end, mm-hmm. and it's like tied together with a nice bow, and I'm like, you know, is it really resolved? Like they've had, like you said earlier, they had the priests come, they had all these people come and now that the show's here, it's resolved. So yeah. does that, do they I, end up coming back or is it? So I, I, I will say um, for us, we have this theory, again, theory, that these spirits need to be heard. There's something that they need or they want, Right. You have the hotel tycoon who built an empire, who died suddenly, who's in the hotel causing havoc because he hates the way it's been decorated or what you're changing. I mean, as simple as that. Yeah. Or we did a case one time where this, these, this family bought a house. They found a tombstone in their backyard. And we had to uncover that the tombstone was actually supposed to replace the tombstone on a grave site six miles away. And that spirit was in that house saying, yo, the gravestone that the former owner actually took from a rubble pile that shouldn't have been there is now in the backyard of this house. Put it where it needs to be because this tombstone in your backyard spells my name correctly. The one on my grave does not spell my name correctly. And you can't, I mean, you can't, there's zero chance you can plan something like that. Cause they, they thought it was a grave. They thought it was this thing. They had it decorated. They're like, we don't want to get rid of it because it is something that we're, we cherish as a family. It's unique. And I'm like, yeah, but the ghost wreaking havoc in your house is pissed off that you have it because it should be on his grave. Yeah. But so, a priest couldn't tell them that. Like, why did they need? No, because it's research. It's research and digging. Like people would go in oh. and go, Oh yeah, this place is haunted. Uh-huh. But they didn't do any research. They didn't like right. dig to find out like, well, why? Like we look through 
we look through land surveys. We look through uh, ancestry. Oh, wow. So we you do the whole investigation. That's why it's called paranormal investigators. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's start to finish. It is, it is uh, digging as deep as we can possibly dig. Like who owned the land before the house was built? Were there Native Americans associated with the property? Did any battles take place? Uh, who are the people that own the property? Did any of them die in the property? I mean, there's countless numbers of things. And I think the way that we work on Kindred Spirits is we truly investigate the history and we do the research. And if the research and factual information matches up to the paranormal activity happening in the house and we get answers to correlate, then we're in the right direction. So Adam, share a little bit more about being a gay paranormal investigator. Fine. <laughs> We're pulling you out of the closet, Adam. <laughs> ah, God, there's so many ghosts in my closet. Um, so I, uh, I got started as a, as a, it was a hobby. Ghost hunting was a hobby. I didn't know that you could actually hunt ghosts until probably 2000 and. I don't know, three or four. And I was like, oh, there are teams that hunt ghosts. But I've always been fascinated with ghosts growing up. Um, I was a child of the 80s, early 90s. So like Ghostbusters, Goosebump books, uh, the movie Ghost, anything ghost related, I was all about. Are you afraid of the dark? I mean, let's just name all the things. Um, and I was obsessed with those kind of things. Twilight Zone, Hitchcock. And so I uh, had experiences as a kid uh, dealing with the paranormal, but it wasn't until I was a young adult and I went to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and had an experience, uh, that I, I literally just, I could not explain it. Um, I wandered off, uh, after midnight, after a ghost tour, which I don't recommend doing. Um, I wandered off to uh, a battlefield, uh, near the center of Gettysburg. And I saw what appeared to be full body apparitions of, like light anomalies of, of people walking through the trees, like the trees would block the light of whatever I was seeing. I could hear gunshots, people yelling. And, uh, you know, I brought my friend back to experience the same thing and, and he experienced it. And from then on, I had this drive to kind of, to figure out what that was, because to me, it's unexplainable. I wasn't crazy. I wasn't high. I wasn't drunk. <laughs> like, I don't know what that was. Um, and so I started my own paranormal team. Uh, I live out in Provincetown, Massachusetts. And in the winter, it's very quiet. And uh, all the people that own these old houses go away for the winter. Uh, I had a lot of friends that rented these places in the winter. And so we would go into these old houses and investigate. And uh, long story short, I was on Ghost Hunters Academy, which was a spinoff reality show for ghost hunters. And it was a competition reality show where they took eight people and put them in the scariest places in the country. And the one that survived was the winner. And I apparently survived all of that. And I won that show and I was put on Ghost Hunters. And so I was on Ghost Hunters for four years uh, with my friend, uh, Amy. I was her partner on the show. And then one day we wanted to do more than just look for ghosts. We wanted to figure out why they existed and why they were there. And so we left Ghost Hunters and uh, started our own series called kindred spirits on the travel channel uh and you know we've done i've investigated you name it i've investigated battlefields uh ships uh asylums sanatoriums mines haunted houses i mean i've been in the, the craziest places in the world and um uh i've seen i've seen the cra weird weird shit <laughs> weird just weird stuff that i can't explain that's awesome. Um, what do you feel like your most memorable, you know, like story that you have out there in the field? Uh, that's tough. I mean, I, I would think for our purposes, uh, you know, for, for this podcast, I think one of the, the, the most interesting things that we got to do was the Gemini Lounge fire in New Orleans, which uh, the upstairs lounge fire. I mean, the Gemini Lounge is, is below it. Uh, but it's called the Upstairs Lounge, and it was a uh, a place where the LGBT community could hang out and not be bothered by the laws that were in Louisiana at the time in the 70s. And uh, they used to have church up there. And uh, someone, uh, if there's a, there's a lot of stories on it. I think there was even a musical written about it. 
called the Upstairs Lounge fired. Um, and uh, someone uh, threw a firebomb, like a Molotov cocktail in the stairway and set the place on fire. And it was the biggest casualty of people dying from something like that. Uh, I think since this past, these past few years where we've had um, mass shootings, uh, it was the biggest tragedy. And it was, it was, with, it was with the LGBTQ community. Um, and we, I didn't funny. The funny thing is we went to new Orleans and I didn't really know what we were investigating till the night before. And I was like, what? Like, wh how, why are we investing? Like I had no idea we were doing, you know, this, this famous case where, you know, gay and lesbian people died and their mothers. I think there was a mom that died with their son. And so I stayed up all night long researching and reading everything I possibly could on that. Um, and this was, uh, probably six or seven years ago. Had and, uh, you heard about it before that? No, I, I had not heard about it. And I had been to New Orleans many times. And if you, if anyone wants to visit, there's a plaque on the sidewalk right out front. Uh, if you go to the Gemini Lounge, if you go around the corner on the side, there's a doorway you'll see. And then there's a plaque on the ground that actually commemorates the the incident. And where is where the, exactly is the Gemini it's Lounge? In the, it's in the French Quarter. Okay. So it's, I, I'm not certain exactly where, but it's in the French Quarter. And uh, I mean, if you looked online, you're going to see the the most absurd, the, the pictures are insane. Like the priest, the minister who was doing the funeral, there's an, I can't get it out of my brain. There's a picture of him hanging halfway out the window, burnt to a crisp. And they literally left him there all day, just hanging, didn't cover him up. He was just there. Like people were trying to climb out of these bar windows and they couldn't get out. And people didn't, uh, family members did not claim the bodies. They would call and say, hi, your son died. In this, and they said, we don't know him. So bodies were never claimed. They were buried in cemeteries on Mars. Like it's just. It, Why? It's because they were gay? Yeah. Because they oh. were gay. Wow. Um, and um, it's a, it's, it's one of the biggest tragedies. Um, so why was this done? Like it, the, the story is that the gentleman who did it was a hustler and he had been kicked out of the bar and he was pissed off and he went to the, went to this pharmacy and bought a Zippo lighter and something else. Is he and, gay himself? He's yeah. Gay? Yeah. So it wasn't like yeah. a hate thing. I, I mean, mean, he did it on, he thing. did it on, well, I mean, yeah, he, they, they said that he did it for many, many reasons. And like, even after it was done, the people that survived were like, he did it and was pointing at the guy who did it. And they didn't arrest him. They didn't take him in. And then that person actually committed suicide uh, years later. He was diagnosed, I think, with a tumor or some illness. And I, I don't, I mean, don't quote me, but I, it's just been a long time since I've read the actual story, but he did commit suicide. And apparently he did confess to it at, at some point. Um, so it's uh, it was considered a hate crime. I mean, because it was an act of violence toward the LGBT community, even though it was someone in their own circle, they they considered it something like that. But in all, long story short, I investigated that for television, for a national television show, and uh, I was the only one really that could talk to these spirits in that kind of way. You know, I explained to them that you know gay marriage was legal, that Obama was president, that they didn't have to hide that they please talk to me because you don't ever encounter gay ghosts. It's like ghosts aren't going to be like, hi, I'm gay because that's not, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, unless, unless that was what they are about from start to finish. And that's how they died. Like in this case, we knew that most of them were lesbian and gay and in, in, in the community, you don't go and say, are you gay? Because, you know, if you're talking to ghosts in the 1800s, they're going to be like, they don't even know what that is. They don't know what that means. So it was an, it was a chance for me to connect with these spirits to explain to them they didn't have to hide anymore and that they were they were welcome in the space and you know I in the end we we surmised that the person that was actually in the space was the guy who actually committed the crime not necessarily the spirits of those that died which you know if if you're talking about uh vengeance that's pretty good I mean, if you're, if you're the one that's stuck there and you're the guy that did it. Um, but that show, 
we we did that show and I got a lot I got a lot of emails uh, that were positive and I got a, a ton of emails that were very negative because you know I don't go on television and be like hi I'm gay like all the time like that's not just that's not the point you go in you're investigating ghosts so all these people were emailing me being like how do I explain this to my kids like why did you have to say you were gay on this show like why did you have to do that and it's I was like because I was interacting with people of my community who died in a tragic fire. Like I'm trying to make them as comfortable as possible. This is the reason why I said it, but people were like, what do I say to my kids? I watched this show to not have to deal with that kind of stuff. Did and the ratings like, go down because of that? No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, I think this was like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think in that time, lots have changed, right? Like lot, a lot has changed. Um, surprisingly, but, uh, I, I just got a lot of em- emails that were just like, I, I don't, we, you know, we watch this show for a certain reason and this isn't one of those. And I had to be like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, th- I'm here to do a job and this, this was the requirement of this case, um, to, to connect with these individuals on the flip side. I got a lot of positive emails that were like, thank you for being a representation of, of this in the community. Uh, you know, I, I'm dealing with this, I'm trying to come out or whatever it was, like any advice. And I think, uh, a lot of gay, I think a lot of people in our community are spiritual. And I think that they have an easier time connecting with the afterlife because of their spirituality, because we are on the, uh, you know, we're on this, we have a feminine side and a masculine side, and we're able to sort of use it at will and it's just us and we exude whatever we exude. And I, th- I think there are a lot of people in the community that actually are really into this. Um, and I found that out from doing that episode, but that was probably the most, um, one of the most meaningful uh, cases to do. And it would be nice actually now to go back there uh, as kindred spirits, um, Amy and I, and dig a bit, bit deeper because uh, you know, the pr- premise of ghost hunters was a different, concept it was to find ghosts and verify activity and kindred spirits is to ver to verify activity but also to figure out who what and why you know right all right hey so i saw the episode on lizzie borden yeah which is fascinating to me because i love that story and yeah you so, investigated that yeah we so yeah. we um we investigated twice we've done the murder house uh which mm-hmm. is where the crimes were committed i've been there many times and then we investigated Maplecroft, which we've been to many times. So the murder house is, we think her father's there, her stepmother could be there, and the maid could possibly. Do you think she did it? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Do? Oh, yeah. Why? Do you know why? I don't know why. I think she did it. But here's, here is the most interesting thing. So mm-hmm. when you go to the Lizzie Borden house, you won't probably get to talk to Lizzie, in my opinion. I think you're going to talk to the maid, you're going to talk to the father and the, and the stepmother. When you go to Maplecroft where, so Maplecroft, she bought that house from the money she inherited from her father after she was acquitted of the murder. So she was found not guilty. She inherited all this money. Her sister inherited a bunch of money. They bought a mansion on the hill in Fall River. They called it, it was called Maplecroft. And the reason why she didn't move away, she said, when I improved innocent i want to be able to look in the faces of everybody and say i told you right like she didn't move out she didn't run away she could have gone anywhere in the world she chose not to so when you investigate maplecroft what's interesting is if you bring up the murders in maplecroft she will not talk to you she shuts down completely if you talk about the murders she will not talk to you if you talk about her philanthropy, if you talk about her dogs, her love for dogs, if you talk about the parties that she threw uh, with the actors, there was a theater down the street, she, she threw giant parties. If you talk about her philanthropy work, she will talk to you. But the second you bring up the murders, she shuts down completely and you mm-hmm. lose her trust, which is so bizarre. And so, yes, we've talked to Lizzie Borden at Maplecroft. The other thing is, there's a rumor that she, there's this whole scandal around uh, this actress that she quote unquote could have been in love with. There could have been a relationship there, right? Like like Lizzie Borden had this like relationship with this woman because she had through a massive party, her sister was there. Something happened at the party that was so out there for her sister that her sister left the next day, moved to Maine, I believe, 
never came back, sold her half of the property to Lizzie. What did she do? What do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, think there was I think there was some sort of relationship happening, some debauchery. I mean, we're talking I think the early 1900s, so I mean, people were having the time of their lives, honey. There was you think you think this do you think these parties are are don't say <laughs> my husband, you cannot say that. What do you say? He's like they're trying out a dildo. Stop. That's well, probably a double-ended one. Stop it. <laughs> you know, he thinks. Anyway, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is we've tried to bring up the relationship and she shuts down. Also, she, at Maplecroft, when she moved there, she changed her name to Lizbeth Borden, right? Not Lizzie, Lizbeth. And even her tombstone says Lizbeth. And you have to address her as such or she won't speak to you. So do I think she did it? Yes. I think there's a split personality. I think whatever was happening at uh, the murder house called Lizzie, I think that was Lizzie Borden, right? I think whatever happened at Maplecroft was all Lizbeth. I think there were two different personalities. Wow. And you think she had split personality? I think she snapped. I think something at the house snapped. There's been a lot of things like her. They've, they've said that her father was abusive, and yeah. the his father, the father had so much money. Yet they were living. They didn't have a toilet in the house. It was all in the outhouse. Like they were living poor, but they had tons of money. And the and the sisters were like, "What are we doing?" There, there's many reasons why. And also, what's so fascinating is the the lawyer, the law firm that did the trial that represented uh, Elizabeth Borden, Lizzie Borden, has all of the documentation, has all of the interviews with her, right? Sealed, and you can't like they have it, they have it, and it's at the it's at a, it's at the law firm still to this day. You cannot get access to it. They will not give you access to it, but it's it it's there. It's sitting in a thing and it's sealed and you can't get into it. So, I mean, if somebody could get their hands on that, uh, you may find all the answers that you need. But I think she did it. I think she did it. But I think there were two sides of her for sure. Why would it, why would they go to the fullest extent to have the lawyer take care of it? You know what I mean? Like there has to be some type of cover up with it. Well, she was accused. What's weird is she was accused of it and like she burnt her dress uh, like they 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 burned the dress and it was supposed supposedly it could have been covered with blood. Some people say she did it butt naked so that there would be no evidence and that like the maid helped wash her off afterwards. It's like whoa. Um, the uncle was staying with them at the time and he left and went somewhere and then came back and there was like a crowd of people. Like maybe he was involved in a way. It's such a weird and cool murder. And there's been a lot I of feel like, like. Is it messed up that I kind of admire her in a way? <laughs> I mean. Whatever, it's not messed up. Because here's the thing: when I hung out, I like out, her. I don't know why. When I hung out with her, at uh, when you hang out with her at Maplecroft, you actually get a sense of personality, and uh-huh. I enjoyed com- having a conversation with her. Like I said, at one point, I was like, "I was like, do you want to throw a party? Let's throw a party." And she said, "Your house, like not my house, uh-uh. like not my ha- your house." And I was like, no, not my house. You know, it's like, I feel like she has this personality. And when you are one-on-one with her at Maplecroft and you want to be friends with her and you talk about things that she did, because she lived longer at Maplecroft than she did at the murder house. So when you talk about her lifelong philanthropy and her work she did, you get response. But the second you bring up the murders, it's done. And we actually had to take out like when we were doing Maplecroft to get her to talk to us, we removed anything that had to do with the murders, books, newspaper articles, pictures, yeah. fake acts. We took it all out, put it in a box, took it out. And we told her we were doing it. And then she started talking to us because she was like, oh, these people are the real deal. That, that house is for sale, by the way. I think they're trying to sell it for like 800 grand. So if anybody out there wants a fabulous haunted house <laughs> mansion, I mean, I know it's in Fall River, but it's... Mm-hmm. 800 grand just you know drop it <laughs> uh, listeners if you have some coin to drop vacation home <laughs> yep in fall river you know why not i mean fall river it's not uh, i know i know it's I've like been if, there i've been there yeah if there were anything i mean i i love i mean fall river it's it's fine i think maybe may, i mean 
Fall River was put on the map by Lizzie Borden. So let's pay right. them. Yeah. Awesome, you guys. We're going to take a little nap and we'll be right back. Hey, Dominic, guess what we're doing at johnofloater.com? Is it like the Jono version of OnlyFans? No, that's kind of an amazing idea. Hmm, we might get on that. As a special gift to our listeners, use promo code JABBER, J-A-B-B-R, for 15% off your order at the Jono shop. It's very exciting. I cannot wait. Don't forget, I'm having a big sale on my OnlyFans. We've got so much going on with Jabber and then the book. Another thing coming up, uh, we are doing a fitness project. So that'll be later on. But yeah, we've got a lot of great things coming up. That's right. You know, this has been this has been a year, <laughs> to say the least. But you know what? We got some great things coming up, and we're nonstop. And I'm so proud of all of your accomplishments and everything that you're working on now. Wish that the children could see, but I can't find them for the life of me. And there's Halloween spooks outside my window. We're back, and that was Halloween spooks. So, Adam, why that song? Because it's the most ridiculous, obscure Halloween song that everyone should know. It it's one of my favorites we stumbled upon. It's the same people that do Grim Grinning Ghosts it's from the 40s. Uh, and, uh, you know, my favorite thing is that they are just trying to make each other laugh and trying to do this serious recording. It's absurd. And, um, you know, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some questions for you. Ready. We're going to. All right. Um, ready to go. So how exactly do you seek out spirits? Uh, the basic form of, of yeah. talking to ghosts is, is sitting and just talking out loud and seeing if anything will react to you saying, you know, can you knock for us? We, we tend to enter an investigation as if we're entering a party and we know, we don't know anybody there. So we introduce ourselves, we say why we're there, our purpose, and then we gradually get them to interact with us by asking them to mess with our equipment or talk into a recorder or knock on something. And uh, I, we know a lot of history and research and we try to bring up things that they would be interested in talking about, whether it has to do with their life, something they lived through, something they did, uh, because that, those, those conversations are better than like, what's your favorite color? Do you know you're dead? It's it's better to be like, you know, the invention that you did or your mother who passed away suddenly. Like, let's talk about those things. And I think, you know, that's how we try to interact with spirits. And anybody can do that. Like, literally anyone, anyone can do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever experience any type of spirits following you home? Yes. I usually say no. Um, but yes. And it's a hazard of the job. People, we, we do events um, where you could come and investigate with us, uh, strange escapes, strange-escapes.com. And people say, well, how do I prevent this spirit from following you home? And I'm like, well, you really can't because if they have intelligent thought and theoretically, if they can go wherever they want to go, what's to say they can't come home with you? You just sort of have to like, you know, if that happens to you, you have to have a conversation and be like, hey, look, I appreciate you coming home with me. I you know, I liked having our uh, interacting with you as well, but this is not where you need to be. You need to go. And most of the time they leave and they just go back and do their own thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hitchhiking ghosts. It's that whole like hitchhiking ghost yeah. scenario where they, you know, sometimes they're not done talking to you and you open that door anyway. So it's your responsibility to close it and to ask them to leave. Do they ever get violent with you? Uh, they have. Yeah. I mean, punched, scratched, pushed. Amy, yeah. uh, who I work with has seen the, uh, crown molding in a hotel room, rip off the top and thrown across the room. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, they have, I mean, there's this, you know, if they know how to interact with you, sometimes they just 
overshoot the basket. It's it's one of those things where they want to get your attention so bad that they're like, hey, but when they go, hey, it's, it, you know, it's like a grabbing thing or something that is forceful and you can't quick react to being, it being like, oh, that's a demon or that's something that's trying to kill me. No one's ever died from a ghost, by the way. So, you know, no, no one has, I've never heard of anyone actually dying from the hands of a ghost. So you have to think of it as like, maybe they overshot the basket. They tried a little too hard, um, but they got your attention and that was their purpose. So yes, <laughs> yes, they have been violent, uh, but you can't react uh, in a way where you're not gonna start, continue to get answers. You have to continue to get answers from them. What do you think the spirits are usually looking for? Like something they didn't resolve in their human life? Possibly, yeah. That's been the case, or sometimes they're just around. Sometimes they, like for instance, the guy with the tombstone, he he was like, that's my headstone, put it back where it goes. Like that was his purpose. Uh, we've done, you know, investigations where documents or like like love letters were found in a floorboard and that person was still in the room looking for the person he was writing the letters to and she doesn't exist anymore. It's uh, people not knowing that they're dead. People who are looking after the empires they built, whether it's a hotel, uh, you know, and, and you know, in in terms of like an, an asylum, it's just people who don't know any better. Like you know, you talked about your grandmother who had dementia. Like she maybe she didn't know that she had passed on, but think of if she had died in the early 19th century in a crazy asylum, she'd just still be there. You know, if if her family wasn't connected to her and she had no way to reach out, she could just be there and. Uh, trying to reach out to uh, whoever, you know? Mm -hmm. So how does this relate with religion? Because, you know, I went to church growing up and everything. And, uh, you know, I can't remember exactly what it, you know, what I was taught, but I just know that there's like heaven and hell. Mm -hmm. And there's like, you know, there's no ghosts and things like that. So how how does someone who's religious or, you know, relate that with this uh so religion is different i mean everyone's religion is different i mean you have many different religions but there's there's similar consistencies throughout all religions there's ghosts whether it's the holy ghost or Mm -hmm. or spirits that are visited visiting people angels and demons in some way that goes through pretty much all religion and i think it's religion is a way of justifying spirituality right like i grew up southern baptist i grew up there's a heaven and a hell and that's it right that's it you have to do this to get into heaven or if you don't you're gonna go to hell and i don't personally believe that anymore based on what my experiences are and so i've sort of nitpicked my own version of belief quote unquote and i think Mm -hmm. paranormal investigating is a belief system because you experience things you interact with things you believe that these things exist. And so in turn, it's not necessarily religion, but it's a belief, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Catholics believe in demonic forces, in purgatory, in heaven and hell. And, you know, there is there something, is there truth to that? Maybe. I've experienced ghosts that are in purgatory who are just here. They don't know why they're here. They have unfinished business. Are those who we're talking to? But then I've experienced spirits that you know have never like for instance your grandmother who or your your grandfather came to you in a dream mm-hmm. right is it maybe he's passed on and maybe you know he got permission to come down and say hey girl hey to you and <laughs> close that gap right and then now he's gone again All you right. know my grandmother like i based on her religion her baptist upbringing there's no doubt in my mind wherever she wanted to end up she's there she's in heaven right mm-hmm. but with her visiting me did she get a hall pass to like calm down and say, Hey, and go back? Like, I don't know. I don't know. So in terms of religion, I think it's, it's, it's a way of explaining life as it is. And mm. the and I think it all melds together uh, and you make of it what you make of it. I do not think every time we talk to a ghost, we're talking to a negative demonic force. Those people that tell me that like, oh, you're speaking to devils. You're speaking <laughs> to demons all the time. I, I, I strongly, 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 strongly disagree with that. 
because if right. that were the case, we'd all be possessed. You know, if that were the case, we would interact with demons all the time and nothing else. And the world would be a chaotic mess. <laughs> no, you know, it's like people have experiences and dreams where they are changed for the better. Mm-hmm. And they have, uh, you know, paranormal experiences where they are changed for the better. And that would never happen if we're always interacting with demons. Right. What do you think about the afterlife? Or the idea of it? I hope it's there. I mean, wouldn't that be nice to think that whatever we're dealing with now is just like a, a, we're just killing time to have experiences before we go to the next. I mean, that would be great. But like with you, you speaking with you. Like you, you, you already know that since there already is something there, like the spiritual world, that yeah. there has to be something else, you know? I, I believe that there is something else again, theoretically, because we're not dead. We don't mm-hmm. know. I, I tend to believe in reincarnation as well, because I think people have second and third lives. Uh, I can't do this again. I, I'm, <laughs> I can't. I can't live this. No, 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 no. You won't do this. I mean, I think there's, uh, I think you'll be a, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, you've got all those videos of little kids who are telling their mothers things about their past life that they would never know. They're, you know, they, my wife. I know, I've seen that, yeah. Crazy videos, right? How is that? How, I mean, explain that. Somebody explain that to me. Yeah, but do you have a choice? Do you think? I. Like, what if you don't want that, you know? (sighs) I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I think if uh, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, I don't. I we're not dead. We don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of yeah. different theories. A lot of people say you get a certain number of uh, lives on Earth, and then you eventually you don't, and you kind of go in the ether. But if you think of it, if you think of it from a scientific perspective where we're all created the same and ashes to ashes, dust to dust, our energy goes somewhere. So the energy has to go into something else. So do you eventually, do, do you like, are you a tree and a stick and a log? And oh you, yeah. You know, I'm and like then eventually that. are you like brought back into human form? Because again, we're all the same, we're all the same thing. So it's, I don't know. It, it's bizarre. I, I would like to think that there is something after this. Uh, I would hope there is, but again, you're never going to know until you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, 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 I think we're talking to people who have passed on for sure. I mean, cause I get, we get answers that correlate that we are talking to those people, but what is that? Like, wh- like what? Why? What is that? I don't know. Are they ghosts? Are they angels? Are they, is it just energy that's in the space that's just existing and it's communicating with us? Like it's mm-hmm. intelligent, you know? Yeah. It's why we do this though. I mean, it's it, because it's so confusing and it's, it, it's never dull. Like there's always something to look for and something to dig for. I agree. Right. Well, I want to thank you so much, Adam, for coming onto the show had fun getting Thank to you. listen to all your experiences and have yeah. I totally confused you and just like made you all <laughs> no no it's it's great you know like are you a believer oh I'm totally a believer <sighs> definitely <laughs> good is there uh anything you want to plug well I mean a new season of kindred spirits begins January 2nd on the travel channel Saturdays at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can follow me on social media, uh, Adam Barry on Instagram, Adam J. Barry on Twitter, and the Adam Barry on TikTok, because somebody else already had Adam Barry. Uh-uh. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm just around. I'm always available, especially during the show. When people are watching the show, they can always tweet us their questions, and we respond because we're watching the show with them. And Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people have a lot of uh, questions during the show, so it's good to interact with fans like that. and. Uh, yeah, just, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Oh, and, uh, there's a magazine on stands until December 18th called Ghost Hunting, True uh-huh. Tales of the Paranormal. You can get it wherever magazines are sold and on Amazon. Uh, it's called Ghost Hunting, True Tales of the Paranormal and has a bunch of these cases that I've been talking about in, uh, in, uh, interview and book form with tons and tons of pictures from the cases. 
Oh, I'm going to get on that. That sounds fun. Get on it, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. And thank you, thank you Adam. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Okay. Before right. we sign off, thank you so much again. For You're welcome. You're welcome. And I really did have fun. I love talking about spirits and everything. I would love to have you on another episode if it's okay. Maybe doing something about like the shadow man, um, dark entities and stuff like that. Yeah. If we could plan it, um, maybe after the premiere of the new season, that way we have something to talk about. Like we can talk about the show and you guys can watch and you'll be like, yeah, yeah. We could do a weekly. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're already a weekly. (laughs) Wrap up of the last week's episode. (laughs) But I'm, I'm into it. I love talking about like the dark stuff. I even have a few dark stories too. I I love all that. The first case that we do that they're showing on January 2nd is uh, the Proctor house. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we went back to John Proctor's land. His son built the house, but it's the Salem witch trials. And we did a live show for four hours on October 4th of last year. And we thought we were talking because we kept our friend Dana does uh, tarot and she kept flipping the devil card. Mm. over and over and it can literally mean the devil but it also means like manipulation and so when we left there we thought somebody was manipulating the story we thought maybe it was giles Corey, who had a thing with john proctor like about you know whatever and so we went back and what we find out about what that devil card actually meant because we flipped it two more times in the space while we were there this last time will blow your fucking mind so it's it's the the season premiere is probably the best show that we've ever done in five seasons is incredible Excited. good please watch you'll love it awesome well thank you again and thank you we'll be in touch but okay bye okay. Adam. Thank bye you. thank you bye, bye season bye, bye. This has been Jabber Podcast, produced by Dominic Albano and executive produced by John Madison. Do you have a question or topic you want to share? Email us at jabbrpod at gmail.com. Or send us a DM on Instagram at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone and their subtitle parties.